I'm Alan Carter. Well, what's on the table? Is that? It's not. I don't think everything's on the table. Have we put everything on the table? Oh my goodness, everything is on the table. Except for answers in the province of Ontario when it comes to COVID. Laura Stone from the Globe and Mail joins me to discuss what is going on. I got more room on this table. I don't know if everything is on this table. Let's get to it. Okay, enough is enough. A family meeting. I'm calling family meeting. Everybody, get around the get around the table. Dad's got something to say. It's an emergency. Emergency meeting time in the province of Ontario. Dofo has called all the white coats into the room, the virtual room for a Zoom. A Zoom with all the white coats. That's what's happening at 1 o'clock today. Doug Ford has called an emergency meeting with hospital leaders. We're told there could be as many as 100 different people on this call that is happening at 1 o'clock today. I'm just, I my prediction is somebody's going to tube in themselves with a stethoscope. Don't Damn. bring out your stethoscope. Jeffrey Tubin? At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. Thanks, OJ. Anytime you throw down a Tubin joke, that you just get that cued right up. So that's what's going to happen. And my question is, in this meeting with Doug Ford, emergency! Emergency family meeting. Keep in mind, Hospital officials have called for much wider lockdowns. They have called for much more restrictions. So is Doug Ford going to be calling out absolute champions or a bunch of yahoos here to these doctors? You know what's going on today? This is political cover is what this is. This is a way to take the sting out of all of these hospital officials and the Greek chorus and doctors and all the rest, let's bring them in the tent. You guys want in the tent? Bring in. The, come on in the tent. Get your stethoscope. Come. Just make sure keep it. Just all right, like you haven't done it. But we just come on in and come on inside because you got to keep the critics closer. So the question is, are we going to get any kind of clarity today? Do you think you're going to know by the end of day today whether or not things are going to change? A, a darker shade of gray. Okay, hold on, Doc. I'm going to get to back to you, all right? Because when we talk about lockdowns that we have right now, the good doctor, the guy in charge, the walking Mobius strip, was asked about the lockdowns that we have. Keep in mind that the medical officers helped Toronto and Peel are saying, it's not strong enough. We need to step it up. So, uh, Doc, what do we need? Do we need a, a darker shade of gray? Oh, thanks, Procol Harum. A darker shade of gray, not, not a whiter shade of pale. That's not what we're going for here. We're going for a... Are we going into a darker shade of gray? A, a darker shade of gray. Thank you. The question is, will we have more clarity today? I just... I'm just firing off a quick uh, email here. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, Premier... Click, click, click. That's the me clicking. Um, Ontario here. We're just wondering... If you saw our earlier email, wondering if you could uh, respond EOD. We're going to try and bring you those remarks from the Premier as he heads into that Zoom meeting. He's expected to speak at uh, just before 1 o'clock. We'll get there. Meanwhile, we wait and we wonder. And you know what this all reminds me of? It reminds me of that classic theater of absurd play, Waiting for Godot. Except for now, we're just waiting for Dofo. In that play, two tramps. 
wait for the title character who never shows up. In Ontario, our theater of the absurd features two doctors instead of tramps. There are two doctors in this play in the Ontario version. This is waiting for Defoe. <laughs> I just say whatever they write down for me. <laughs> That's one of the characters named Yaffe. She just says what she's told to say. Whatever they write down, that's what Yaffe says. And the other, the other in our theater of the absurd play Waiting for Dofo, just answers questions in ellipses. Sort of like this, when asked, hey, when would you possibly make a decision to let parents know that, gosh you're not going to go back to school. Kids are not going back to school. When will you actually make that decision? I think the key decision is the when is the Ministry of Education going to make that on my recommendation. And, and they made it clear they need a certain time of lead time in order to do it. So it's a, it's, it's a big entity. Oh, the delicious absurdity of that is it's, Doc it's Williams. Entity. It's a big entity. The entity is large. So what Doc Williams said, there's a guy in charge, he asked, point blank yesterday, point blank, when would you like to make this decision that would impact every family potentially in the province of Ontario that has kids in the public system? And what he said was, um, well, it all depends on how much lead time the Ministry of Education needs, and they need more than a week Absolutely. And then you look at the calendar and go, uh, dude, June 4th, when the kids are supposed to come back, that's like two weeks Monday, dude. It's absurd! So today, what do we have? We have the meeting, the emergency meeting. All you kids get around the table. Then we have the cabinet meeting later on. Then we're expecting this afternoon a press release that will just change some of the color codings, and here's where we're expecting the extension of the gray lockdown for Toronto and Peel. It would otherwise have expired on Monday. You'll see that extension, but the question about an ex- uh, a further areas going into lockdown or whether or not kids will be going back to school, that we are not going to get because we're not expecting a press conference this afternoon. Next week, maybe, when nobody is paying attention. So here's my advice. If you are listening to me right now and you do not live in an area of Ontario that is currently under lockdown, if you are in red or, or orange or puce or periwinkle or whatever it is, this is my advice to you. Get a haircut. No, seriously. I, I speak from experience here. Remember back in the first lockdown when all of us had shaggy hair, you know, and I'd go on TV, on, on the news, uh, you know, and I'd make jokes about, you know, I look like a hippie, got a ton of hair gel in here. Well, that was, that was in the spring. Now, nobody cares. You just look stupid. You're just an idiot. You just look like a joke. And, it, and so my advice to you, if you live in an area that is not currently locked down, to the best of your ability, while being safe, go get a haircut. You will not regret it, because otherwise, you're going to end up looking like, well, worst case scenario, or as we say in my house, worst case Ontario. 
you're going to end up looking like me on TV, and nobody, and I tell you what, nobody wants that. Here's one reason not to get a 4K TV, watching me at 5.30 and 6 on Global News. I would go back to SD if I were you. I look great in SD. But here, if you don't get a haircut, here is what's going to happen to you. You're going to end up looking like Boris Johnson. And then you look like Bojo. And the next thing you know, you're doing a press conference, and some reporter asks you a question like this, relaying a complaint from their mother. Yes. Your mom. I do. That's because. Well, well, it's 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 something to do with my hair, but I can tell you, I do brush it. I have a brush in my office. But anyway, give, give, will you give your mother my very best for a very happy Christmas? And my apologies for my hair, but I do my best with it. That is the Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson. My apologies for my hair. I do have a brush in my office. Something to do with my hair, but I can tell you I do brush it. I have a brush. <laughs> oh, when we come back, Laura Stone from the Globe and Mail will join me with her predictions on what's going on. In the province of Ontario, we got this emergency meeting. Emergency family meeting! And then after that, the cabinet, and then some kind of announcement this afternoon. What are we expecting from DOFO? Waiting for DOFO. It's a theater of the absurd. <laughs> one more time. Hit me one more time, Doc. A darker shade of gray. <laughs> ah, it's a psychedelic classic. Oh, look at this. Breaking news on Twitter here. This is uh, the CBC. I'm just going to give you this. Sources tell. This is on Twitter right now. Sources tell CBC News that Premier Doug Ford's government is considering a lockdown across southern Ontario from Boxing Day until January 11th. Premier Ford's government is considering the CBC. Says sources say, you know what? Um, I am I am considering doing a lot of crunches and getting the six-pack is what I'm considering. I am considering once again wearing hard pants, something with a belt. I'm considering it. You know what? I, I suspect everything might be on the table. You know what I hate doing? I hate giving credit to the competition because I'm a competitive guy. But the CBC also has this thing. A CBC producer posted this. Uh, where is it here? Yeah, James Watty is a producer, and he put together this little reel from yesterday. And I think this this pretty much sums up where we are here in Ontario. Uh, this is a, a compilation of answers to a number of questions to officials, the premier, the health minister, the head doctor in the province of Ontario, all asking questions about, uh, hey, guess what? Uh, cases are kind of surging. Things are bad out there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Everything's on the table. Everything's on the table right now, so everything's on the table. You say you're considering this, everything's on the table, but the time is running out here. Well, Laura, everything's on the, on the table. As the Premier has said many times, uh, there's there's nothing off the table at this point. Well, oh, I think while everything's on the table, all things, as, as the Premier said, are on the table. I think the questions you're raising are, the all, are excellent. They're all the ones that are on the table. Could you tell us what those recommendations are? In, no, I can't read at this time. As the Premier said, all things are on the table. 
That is a compilation that has been posted on Twitter by James Waddy. Appreciate him putting that together, and that says so much. That was all just yesterday, by the way. That just says so much about where we are. One of the voices that you heard in that compilation was from Laura Stone, who's a Global Mail reporter covering Ontario politics, and Laura joins me on the line. Hi, Laura. Hey, Alan. Everything's on the table. Is it on the table? There's a giant cornucopia on the table. The table is straining right now. Everything's on the table. Can you tell me what you expect to happen this afternoon, you know, with this fully set table? (laughs) Well, look, we know that cabinet is discussing new restrictions and we know that they're talking about whether they'll extend the, the holiday school break or if classes will go online. We know they're talking about something to do with schools. And uh, you mentioned the CBC story about some sort of widespread lockdown in Ontario that excludes the north where cases have been relatively low. And, uh, you know, whether this is over the holiday period or extends into January, we know that they're facing a lot of difficult questions that they're going to be having um, what has been described to me as uh, a pretty raucous uh, caucus meeting later this afternoon. So they're talking about something. We know for sure, Alan, that the government is going to be announcing officially what happens to Toronto and Peel on Monday because their lockdown, their 28-day lockdown expires and all signs point to that getting extended. And we'll hear about what happens in other regions. But I think the big question out of today is... Is the Ford government considering some broad sweeping lockdown after the holiday season? But there's no indication that even if it is before cabinet, that that decision would come today or announcement. That's a very good point because we've heard that a major announcement is not expected today and, and that could happen on Monday potentially, but it's right when everybody's not, nobody's paying attention on Monday, Laura. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, I know. And so you know, this is the tricky thing, right? And there's a lot of questions around the timing of it, too. If, if indeed, uh, some sort of lockdown across southern Ontario happens on December 26th, for instance, as, um, as you know, is, is the chatter, although nothing's been decided, what message does that send about Christmas? Why would they wait till then? So, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of muddy and messy at this point as to what the government will do and when they'll do it. Uh, let's just get back to today, to today. Can I just just let's fire up this Doc Williams thing again that he said yesterday, where he went all procol harem on us and talked about a potential of uh, a change in actual lockdown for Toronto and Peel. You got number two, or number one, Williams here. A, a darker shade of gray. A darker shade of gray. Is that totally up to the? Local public health, or is that going to be a provincial announcement? Or do we have an understanding on that? Sigh. I've also heard red <laughs> plus described that the York region had red plus for a while. Um, but, you know, we, we also heard from, from the Ontario Hospital Association calling for, even if a region's in a lockdown, for stricter measures in that lockdown. So I think if if we did hear of a of a darker shade of gray or fifty shades of gray or whatever it is, um, <laughs> don't it don't make me go in the red room. Don't make me. <laughs> we did. We we need to stop with the colors at this point. Um, but no, I think I think that was probably one of the other other um, recommendations that that 
that the cabinet would be considering today if they do go into lockdown what does that mean and do they need to go harder and close more stuff or more restrictions i mean that's a big question right like what more can they do and there's already been such a vigorous debate over the effect uh, on on small businesses particularly would this extend to something like a curfew uh, which the premier yesterday shot down and said they're not considering but when you say stricter lockdown, what exactly does that mean? And we don't have those details yet. Speaking with uh, Laura Stone, who is with the Globe and Mail, I was listening to Doc Williams yesterday and, of course, pulling at my hair, trying to figure out what it all meant and just trying to figure it out. And obviously, as a parent, I got two kids and TDSB. I'm, you know, my son's coming home today, you know, bringing all his stuff home. And, you know, like every kid's going to be walking out of school like they've, you know, just been laid off today with their boxes of stuff walking home from school. Like, are we coming back? We don't know. And so he was asked yesterday, like, at what point do you think you would like to make a decision about virtual schooling as of January 4th and whether kids are going to go back into class? And what he said was, uh, it all depends on how long it would take the Ministry of Education to implement such a thing. It would take well over a week. And he didn't answer it at all. Was that your takeaway from that as well? No, he didn't answer it at all, Alan. And if you've listened to any of Dr. Williams' press conferences, you rarely get a straight answer. Um, and I mean no disrespect by that, but he does seem to talk in circles. Um that you're right the, the ministry of education had sent out the the warning earlier this week that people should bring their stuff home i think the important it's as much as kids are even keeping things in school right now um but i think the important thing here is how much the government has resisted uh, closing schools or closing in school learning so I would view that as a last resort for the government. And maybe they do want to do some kind of circuit breaker, as they're called over the holidays, from between two and four weeks, where they just keep everyone at home um, to, to try to slow, slow the spread as, as a last-ditch resort. Um, but I don't know that that necessarily means that kids are on break that whole time. I mean, they could be doing two weeks of virtual learning at the beginning of the year or, you know, just doing their, their virtual classes, which... Um, which by all accounts have improved since the spring when when no one really knew how this worked. So it doesn't give people a lot of time. I, I expect the, there's going to be a lot of pushback from, from the boards and the unions over, over this if they don't get sufficient time, and I'm sure they feel like they don't have sufficient time. So the government's going to have to, to inform the public and inform parents and kids pretty soon to, to give them a heads up of what, what to expect in January. Laura, everything is on the table. It's uh, all no, on wait. the table. Everything's on the table. Everything's <laughs> on for... the table right now. So everything's on the table. You say you're considering this. Everything's on the table. But <laughs> all right. Fine. Thanks very much. <laughs> Laura Stone is a reporter with the Globe and Mail. I know you have to go because the, the Premier is expected to walk into that meeting shortly. But thanks again, Laura. I appreciate you being on. All the best. Thanks so much, Alan. You too. <laughs> It's all, it's all, it's all on the table. How you feeling? You got something on your mind? Something you want to say? Let's check my email, shall we? Check my inbox. I like doing this. I get good email. I do. If you'd like to write to me, by the way, you can write to me at Alan. That is A L A N. Dot Carter at Global News. 
Ca. I don't get a chance to respond to all of them. I do respond to as many as I can. My apologies if I haven't responded to your message. Some of them are encouraging. I got a great one recently. Somebody said that uh, you know they appreciated the work that this program, myself and uh, Shiba Siddiqui. I don't. I don't mean to take any credit, but appreciated this program uh, staying on the Charles McVitie story, and so that really meant a lot to me. And I appreciate that. But here from my mailbox, this just came in yesterday. This is from Matt. This is, I think, responding as I went off yesterday about parents and how upset we were that we don't have any kind of clarity on whether or not kids are going back to in-class schooling on the 4th of January. Matt writes, instead of using a funny voice, how about you try and help? Instead of just spewing your distaste of our current government into your mic, maybe help keep families and parents upbeat about our future with some positivity. And I try and learn from these things, and so I, I take your point, Matt, and I think I think it's clear what your point is here, the thing that you're trying to impart to me, and, and I'm going to take it away from this, and I'm really going to try and, and learn from it, and that is that you think my voices are funny. So that's that's my key takeaway. That's good. I do a lot of things. Uh, by the way, we're watching uh, Doug Ford. Doug Ford may be with us shortly. I do a lot of things. I uh, I do this radio program every uh, every day. I also host a TV program on Global News between uh, 5.30 and 6.30 with my co-host Farah Nasser. I also host uh, another television program called uh, Focus Ontario. And every once in a while, I write a thing. I write something. And I just write a column. And a column that I just recently wrote uh, showed up in the Beach Metro, which is in my neighborhood. And I wonder if I could, if you wouldn't mind, if I took a moment, as long as Doug Ford doesn't show up, to talk to you about it and read it to you. And what it is, is a look at some of the positives, I think, that have come from this pandemic. As we send 2020 packing to the dustbin of history, it's time to reflect on an unprecedented year that saw the word unprecedented used an unprecedented number of times. When confronting anything remotely out of the ordinary, keep in mind there's a limited time left to score an easy laugh by simply shrugging and naming the year. Unmoored by endless existential dread? Spilled soup on your sweater? 2020, am I right? Before we collectively slap a worst year ever sticker on the past 12 months, It's worth considering that despite the very real horrors of the pandemic, there have also been some upsides to the upending of our lives. The all-for-one, one-for-all-togetherness of the early days of the pandemic, when people would bash pots and pans every night, feels like it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But it's not science fiction to believe that we'll value healthcare workers and others for a long time to come. We hopefully now realize how much we rely on others, whether they're teaching our kids science or restocking the dairy aisle, because most of us have the same amount of patience for teaching as we would have for churning our own butter. Better to let the experts do it and value them more for it. Other benefits, like discovering great local places for takeout dinner, have been a win-win for restaurateurs and elastic waistband manufacturers alike. Ordering another jerk chicken poutine for pickup is an easy way to support a local business in my Kingston Road neighborhood. 
The fact that it is now socially acceptable to leave the house in stained and straining leisure wear to pick up said poutine is, as they say, gravy. We can only hope some pandemic changes last. We all miss travel, but what if post-COVID taking a flight could be less dehumanizing? Safety protocols have forced airports and airlines to streamline the check-in process and to impose order where chaos previously reigned supreme. Who among us will miss the maddening crush of passengers jumping to their feet and fishing for their carry-on luggage the second the plane pulls up to the gate? Now flight attendants enforce an orderly deplaning to ensure physical distancing. Let's keep that, please. Speaking of waiting your turn, we all love to hate Zoom calls, but virtual meetings have hopefully taught us the value of keeping our mouths shut until others have finished speaking. In the before times, the, fen- the sentence finishers, punters, and snarksters were tolerated. No more. We've all seen what happens when you try to fire in a zinger during the office video call. What? No, you go. No, you. What? At that rate, it doesn't take long to go from office comic to straight-up clown. 2020 has sucked. No two ways about it. We've lost good people. People are hurting financially and emotionally, and the pandemic isn't over yet, not by a long shot. But the old cliché about every story having two sides still applies. Among the dark clouds of 2020 have been small veins of sunshine, pandemic silver linings to keep us all going. Now, it's time to turn the page and see what 2021 brings. Coming up next on Global News Radio, Greg Brady is in on the mic. Joins me now, Greg. You can have your eye on this feed from Doug Ford. Anything yet? Oh, Any yeah. dofo? No, no, no sign of it. By the way, uh, excellent use of the word snarkster. How am I going to inject that into the next two hours of radio or my Christmas time conversation? Can I call my kid a snarkster? Have you done yes. that with your kids? Yeah, I do that all the time. It is not. They do call CAS on you, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't stick. Well, everybody's so damn sensitive uh, nowadays. Uh, snarkster, as, as long as you don't call them a bleeping snarkster, I don't feel like they have any any room to call uh, that particular phone. And I, I, we won't even give that phone number out uh, and expose <laughs> ourselves. What do you got coming up in the next couple of hours? Oh, my. Uh, the excellent uh, uh, Bruce Arthur will join me from the Toronto Ooh. Star. Bottom of the hour. He's, uh, you know, flipped from sports to, to, to COVID coverage. He's been He's great. A- Needler. He likes to needle dofo. Oh, my heavens. Yes. Well, we're going to ask him to play it straight up the middle. Straight. We're, we're going to ask him to go full on Chris Cuomo. Straight up truth. By the way, I don't know how much time I have. I have no... Would I have a minute? I saw a, two friends of mine were in a story that you and Farah did last night on, on your brilliant newscast. Do you remember? This is this is going to be tricky for you because if someone said to me, who, who were the guests on your last show? I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember the story about the lighthouse that got stolen in Ajax yeah, from House? Yeah. So those are those are two of my great friends, Tracy and Brad Legassi. And and, 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 the, and the good Samaritan named Gord, very Canadian name, met them at a very Canadian location, Tim Hortons. I don't know what I don't know if you're Ron Burgundying it up during the uh, you know, your stories and you know, smoking cigarettes and talking to the camera operators and telling yeah, them what well, clothes to wear. I, that could be possible. Well, I, yeah, you know, I'm 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 waxing my hair as uh <laughs> Is you? I don't know. I don't even measuring know Anthony means. Farnell's height. See if he's grown another half oh, inch. Farnell. Oh, he's a delightful man. He really is. And here's the thing: is that 
he constantly brings his dog in here. I know, I know. It smells. It smells like a stable. Well, it, he brings his dog in because he knows he knows the the truth about broadcasting is if you have a cute animal, people like you more, and so it's ridiculous. I, what, what am I going to bring in my disabled cat now? You've got that three legged cat. I mean, that's that like that that could be a champion for other animals with less than the the normal applicable limbs. What am I going to wear it around my neck like a scarf? What's <laughs> like Doctor uh, Burks in the states? All right. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm out of time. I, I know play, you I'm are. I'm getting played out. I'm getting played out. You just got played. <laughs> Greg Brady's up next. Thanks again. That is the program for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Join me live weekdays starting at noon.